freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Welcome back to our number two of Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are sponsored by azfirearms.com, the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. So coming up this hour, of course, we will have our Responsibly Armed Citizen Report and Dan's Tip of the Week. We're going to do that again? Oh my goodness. I know you're ready this time. You, you practiced on me yesterday, so I, I know you're ready. So the theme of today's show is history hunting and how we got so far off track. And our next guest is Ace Luciano, who is the author of Guns the Right Way, Introducing Kids to Firearms, Safety, and Shooting. Ace's passion for youth mentoring has led directly to the introduction of thousands of new hunters and shooters into the sport. And this morning, Ace is a little fired up and passionate about a recent news story, uh, something about a bear being hunted with a spear in Canada. And, and Ace, you're going to fill us in a little bit about this and tell us why you are so fired up about it. It's kind of like the new Cecil, the lion, I think, going on. Welcome to the show. Well, Cheryl, it's my pleasure to be back on, and I'm really excited to be here in the studio with you today. Um, yeah, I would say it is right there with the uh, Cecil issue and you know, it seems the further we go in the hunting industry and in the shooting industry and the business of hunting and shooting, uh, a lot of what the ethics that bind us all together are lost. A lot of the common values are lost. And the people that are out there that would like to eliminate everything that we do, mm. that would like to eliminate hunting entirely, mm -hmm. that would like to eliminate all guns, mm -hmm. they find ways to interject what I call the comfort words, right? Things like common sense. Mm. Have we ever heard that term before? Common sense gun control, right? Mm -hmm. It's gun control. That's period. That's all that is. Mm -hmm. They don't want to ban spear hunting. They want to ban hunting. Mm -hmm. They don't want to stop the killing of bears with spears. They want to stop hunting bears, period. Mm. They've done it in other areas of Canada. They've eliminated things like spring bear hunts. And now this is just the latest attack out there. And the thing that really, as you... Uh, so aptly put, fires me up, mm -hmm. is when a multi-billion dollar corporation that was built at least partially on the backs of hunters, outdoorsmen, and sportsmen. Okay, who would, are we talking about? Well, we're talking about Under Armour. Oh. A company that everybody knows, right? Right, yeah. because it's costing one of their Correct. sponsored hunters their sponsorship correct. because he was the hunter in this story. That's correct. So we're the, uh, talking about Sarah and Josh Bomar. That's correct. Josh who, Bomar was a, a, they were sponsored hunters with Under Armour. Okay. And, now I'm up to speed. And Under Armour actually took a stance and made a statement stating, and I'm paraphrasing here, that they believed that the Bomars were a poor reflection of hunting mm. and that they uh, participated in something unethical. Now, for all the listeners out there, what you need to know is that this was a legal hunt. Mm -hmm. It was done with a legal method. Mm -hmm. And there was nothing at all unethical about the hunt. 
the harvest, or the treatment of the animal in any way. Okay, then what is causing... I'm sure Under Armour is reacting to pressure that's being put on them probably by, you know, their, their um, what's it called when you're... Their shareholders. Shareholders, thank you. Right, all the, their shareholders. And it's <laughs> all not I can think of was sharecropper, and I knew that wasn't right. <laughs> well, and it's not even their shareholders. It's they, they claim they got a petition with thousands of signatures on it complaining about it and, that, and to drop uh, the Bomars after this had happened. And they're assuming that if... if these thousands of signatures happen, they're assuming that they're customers of theirs because these people, if they're not in that culture, they may not even be the ones that are exchanging dollars with Under Armour. And now Under Armour's got themselves in the middle of this big brouhaha. That's correct. And you know, that's unfortunate. The big argument, and I've, I've made a a few waves online with this. I have a a bit of a, of a online network and following, and you and I have discussed that before, but you know, there are really two sides to this object. There are some other sponsored hunters, and I don't want to go into names and such, but that have come out and said things like, Under Armour has done great things for hunting, and the one of the owners of Under Armour and founders of Under Armour is a hunter and hunts with him and their friends and other people have hunted, and they've done great things for hunting in general. And you know what? That doesn't mean just because you've done a lot of good things doesn't mean you excuse basically taking two people who also are good people, who also are ethical, judge them based on the judgment of the masses, and hang them out to dry. That doesn't make that okay. Now, does Under Armour have the right to do that? Yes, they do. Do the Bomars have the right to participate in their hunt? Yes, they do. All of those things, the the greatest thing about this country we live in is we have all kinds of freedoms that are not afforded to everybody else, right? But we also have not only the freedom, but I believe the responsibility to let companies know how we feel because these people will find a way to make something they want seem amicable, seem desirable to us. They split us all the time. There were times when rifle hunters were against bow hunters. There are all kinds of instances where uh, people are against leg hold traps, but they're hunters. There are people that say, I call them the anal optics. Do you know what an anal optic is, Cheryl? <laughs> I'm a little scared right now because this is a, a G-rated Probably show. Probably somebody but... who doesn't use a scope? No, an anal optic is somebody <laughs> who uses a butt eye. Oh, okay? I like it. Yeah, As I call in, them don't be a butt. Right. right? I, I no. am a hunter, but I would never shoot a lion. <laughs> or I am a, an outdoorsman, but I would never do that, Right. So we have these anal optics of the world that actually get this, this voice out mm-hmm. there. And they say, well, see, your other supporters, your other hunters, even hunters' support are against this. Mm-hmm. And that's not the fact at all. And the fact that a company that, again, has built their business, if you walk into any Cabela's, any Bass Pro, any Sportsman's Warehouse, right, uh, dicks all over, you will see huge racks of Under Armour apparel and gear in camouflage and boots and everything right split up among and they also have other divisions that other do other athletics well I but don't, hunting is part of their their in their business don't model. we see the robinsons from duck dynasty don't we see them even wearing under armor well right and you know what you have to ask yourself i'm wondering i'm wondering what the robertsons are going to say yeah. i'm wondering what they're going to say because i've actually been fortunate to several times have met 
the Robertsons. Mm-hmm. They are good, wholesome people. Mm-hmm. And I don't blame anybody from making a living. Okay, mm-hmm. that's not what this is meant to do. This is not meant to say that people should say, you know, I will no longer associate myself with Under Armour. Remember, we're all free to do as we choose. Right. But when you take a company that turns its back on hunters and hunting and then has the gall to actually call someone out and call them unethical <laughs> in the public eye, that's something that in my eyes in the industry is unforgivable. Wow. So wait a minute. Catch me up there. So so somebody within Under Armour, I guess somebody that has the authority to say these things publicly, said that what Josh Bomar did by hunting a bear with a spear in Canada was unethical. Are they telling us what piece of that was unethical? Is it the spear itself? Is it that it was in Canada? No, what they said was, their exact quote was, the method used to harvest this animal was reckless and we do not condone it. Under Armour is dedicated to the hunting community and supports hunting that is conducted in compliance with applicable federal, state, and local laws and hunting practices that ensure a responsible and safe harvest of the animals. So, without actually saying, we think what they did was reckless and unethical, they said, we think what they did was reckless Reckless. and unethical, right? Jerry, are you saying you can hunt a bear in Canada with a spear? Right Right now, today... Taking a bear with a spear is legal in Canada. This hunt was not illegal. Their method of take was not illegal. They didn't do anything wrong. So, so that would be like um, a company saying, uh, like them saying, okay, if you hunt with a semi-automatic rifle, we don't, we don't want to associate with you. So they're putting limits on things that are, are legal. These no. things are legal to do. It's you just can, their I preference. Mean, I'm telling right. you, if I, if I was going to hunt a bear with a spear... I mean, I, I give them a lot of credit for that. I mean, that's that's a, that's a challenge, and 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 it it step it's a step up, and I I agree with that. I think it's okay if it's it legal to do it. Seems more sporting in right. some ways because well, right. it puts the hunter in yeah. much more close quarters danger. Right now, maybe that's what they were right. worried about. Hey, we've spent money on you, Josh Bomar, and you could have got yourself well, hurt. Well, <laughs> you know, it wasn't even that. And I would say, and I've challenged people. I would say, go ahead, give me any method of hunting, any method of hunting that you do out there that can be done, and I can find a way to make that seem unethical. Go ahead, pick one, pick anyone. Right, and they used to say years ago that it was unethical because they don't have a, ch- a chance to defend themselves. Right. All right, so now we got a bear and you got a spear. Bears, he's got a... So I've, I've heard people say that if you use a scope to hunt, that, eh, yeah, I don't know, maybe that's not so good. So is that one that you would say right. you some can, people have said is unethical? So you can say using an optic on a firearm is unethical because it gives you an unfair advantage over the animal, Right. So how about compound bows versus, you know, you just picked up a stick and a string and... Same thing. Every, you, can, you can make an argument for the, the uh, method. method, whether or not it is ethical, an ethical means of take, both ways. And who wins here? The anti-hunters, right? They win every time. Right. And what they're doing is they are dividing us. They are dividing us apart. They're dividing, the anti-hunters are dividing us as hunters. We cannot allow them and all of the anal optics out there to continue to do that. If you take it over to our gunfight, right, we're in the midst of a tremendous battle right now to save the Second Amendment. We could have a Supreme Court with seven liberal justices, right? And how are they doing that? They're doing that by dividing us. We are allowing ourselves to become 
divided and we're letting them win. And it goes all the way up to the highest levels of politics, even to the president of the United States. Everything in all of these instances is divisive politics. We have to stand together. We have to support each other. And most importantly, in cases like this, we have to make our opinions widely and loudly known and vote with our dollars. Hunting will not kill Under Armour. If they lost their hunting business tomorrow, it would not kill them, but it would hurt. And there are many, many other outdoor apparel companies out there that support hunters, support hunting, support guns without the asterisk or the anal optic disclaimer. Very well stated. Well, thank you so much. I'm so excited that you reached out to me this morning because I think this is an important issue. And it, when you relate it the way you did, it is a gun issue. It is a second amendment issue by, by relation. So thank you so much. I really appreciate it, Jerry. My pleasure. Absolutely. Well, stick around because right after this, we want to talk with Nikki Stollard, who is a trans woman spokeswoman with the Pink Pistols out of California, talking about the measures that she is trying to put in place to push back on what she's calling the California Gunmageddon after this. When you're working hard to beat debt, you've got to think of creative ways to get your income up. Here's an idea. Sell some stuff at auction. Start with locally owned and operated potofgoldestate.com. The owners, Dan and Cheryl Todd, have over 60 years of combined experience in selling antiques, collectibles, guns, coins, and jewelry. And over their many years in business, they've earned the trust of thousands of people just like you. Whether you're saving for a rainy day emergency fund or paying down debt, let potofgoldestate.com help you get the extra cash you need. Potofgoldestate.com will purchase your items outright, or you can consign them to their twice-a-month online auction. Pot of Gold's nationwide online auction is a great place to get top dollar for your collectibles. They specialize in everything from antiques, coins, high-end collectibles, to cars, boats, guns, and more. Get started today at potofgoldestate.com, or visit them off I-10 and Dysart Road in Historic Avondale for some live auction action. For more information, visit potofgoldestate.com. That's potofgoldestate.com. Hey ladies, Cheryl Todd here from azfirearms.com. Many of us ladies are taking the important step of becoming responsibly armed, but it can be an intimidating process. And with all the politics swirling, a first-time gun buyer, whether a guy or a lady, might feel uncertain about where to begin and who to trust. At azfirearms.com, we are a small, friendly, family-owned shop that specializes in first-time gun buyers. We are staffed with knowledgeable people who are ready to help answer all of your questions. My husband and Dan and I pride ourselves on having a safe, no-pressure environment. Once you have decided on a purchase, azfirearms.com partners with professional firearms instructors who will train you to become a responsible, safe, prepared, and proficient gun owner. So ladies and gents, when you are looking for personalized service and a huge selection, come to azfirearms.com in Old Town Avondale off the I-10 and Dysart Road or visit us on the web at azfirearms.com. Welcome back to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are sponsored by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. 
Well, we began today's show with an international huntress, and now someone who is facing down the sharp teeth of California's rights-restricting politics. Our next guest is Nikki Stollard. Nikki is a trans woman who has worked as a spokesperson for the Pink Pistols since 2006. She is also the San Jose Pink Pistol Coordinator and a proud and fearless leader in her community. Stollard is the Social Outreach and Training Coordinator for the state of California and has been working diligently to protect against what she calls California's gun-mageddon. Are you with us? Oh, Cheryl, I'm here. Oh, fantastic. We've got a a weird buzz on the line, but keep talking and, and hopefully we'll get that taken care of. But you know, we we talk a lot off air, and uh, you guys in California, I just don't even know what your future looks like with these rights-restricting laws that are coming in tidal waves. Tell us what's going on over there. Okay, well, um, basically, uh, we have this Lieutenant Governor Newsom who wants to run for governor. So to get his name, he sponsored, he bought and paid an initiative, a, a, a horrible thing, called, and he calls it the Safety for All Act. And it would in, introduce licensing for ammunition. It would ban previously grandfathered normal capacity magazines, a total, a total abortion of a bill. Um, when I was at the state hearings and the, and the authors who wrote this thing were trying to explain to the legislator. Uh-oh. Nikki, we're going we're gonna to get right back with you if you can hear us. Uh, we're going to try another line because we've got a bad connection. But uh, what, what she was talking about is the uh, in J- July, July 5th, they passed, they, they took away a lot of our rights. And um, one is the magazine capacity. Now you can't have over a 10-round magazine. They've also uh, eliminated that bullet button. They have to be registered. Wow, we have something really weird happening on the line right now. This is live radio happening the way that it happens. And um, so we we had Nikki and then the... Yeah, it does. I think that's the Skype call coming through. But uh, yeah, there you are. The, The phone is doing something really weird and you sound like you are Robbie the Robot. And it's bizarre. Well, so as we're long gonna. As you understand, <laughs> well, I'll be Robbie the robot. But uh, anyway, in California, one of the few things we have here in California is a thing called a referendum process. Now, what we're doing is something that's historic. The the our California legislature did not want Newsom's bill on the ballot this November, so they ran through a bunch of very bad gun bills with the hopes that he would remove his proposition to suppress gun vote. Okay, well, they ran their bills. Gavin did not remove his initiative because he wants his name in highlights. So what happened is that they're all smirky and everything because they figure that the NRA is not going to spend $10 million plus to do a voter rights a referendum, which we can do. Well, a lot of us in the state said, no, we drew a line in the sand. We've got over 600 uh, gun shops that are signed up, circulating petitions. We've got about three to 4,000 volunteers so far. And this is only like the first 10 days in, by the way. Uh, we're going social media. We're going to make it, and we're going to drop a big surprise on the California legislature right about oh, mid-September. And we are going to make 
the Second Amendment a national issue? We're keeping the spotlight right about mid-September, early October, when people are paying attention. And for you people in Arizona and Nevada, when because and other states that have got these innocuous gun bills, mm-hmm. uh, our, uh, you can say, no, look at what they're doing in California. We're hoping that our energy will spill over to your states and we can stop all these laws this year and then go on a counteroffensive and then clean up, clean up everything, just full-on counteroffensive to we set the all gun laws back to maybe 1900, back to 1791. Why not do that? That's our goal, 1791. 1791. Hey, listen, we are going to um, hang up with Skype and call you on your cell so we can get a better sound, a better connection with you. So um, I'm just going to talk for a minute while my engineer takes care of that. So he, pick up your cell phone. He's going to call you right now. So, All right, cool. Okay, so what... I take away from that, Dan, is we have to pay attention to what's going on in other states. Even, you know, we neighbor California because we're sitting in Arizona right now. We're a nationwide state. So let's say you're sitting in, I don't know, pick pick a state. Let's say Kansas right now. I don't care what's going on in California with their liberal gun laws. You know, you need to care. It's spreading really fast and it's 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 going to get worse. I mean, who would think that Colorado would have the problems that they're having right now? That's the old cowboy town, right? They're having a lot of troubles in California. Nevada. Uh, in Colorado. Yeah, Nevada. Nevada right. Texas. So it's, it is spreading. You know, I, I guess the people in California, they get to a point, they can't live there anymore. So they decide to move to another state and they want things to change just like what they have. Nikki, are you there? Yes. Perfect. Oh, you Perfect. sound like a person. I'm so excited. <laughs> the, the line was doing something really weird to your to your voice and digitizing it. But so while um, while you were away answering your phone, we were just talking about how people in other states, not just Arizona that neighbors California, but people in other states need to really be tapped in and care about and do whatever they can to support what's going on in California as far as protecting their rights, because it'll be their their state next. Absolutely. California is ground zero to where they experiment with these stupid laws. That, uh, like, think of it as California is a cancer, and if we don't deal with it in California, it metastasizes all throughout the country. But we're, in fact, the place, the Petri dish, is actually the San Francisco Bay Area. So, uh... We're going on the counteroffensive. Everybody was telling us how this wouldn't work, but I talked with the NRA. I talked with the California Rifle and Pistol Association, and I don't know what I said to them, but they sent out an email blast telling their members that while this isn't their puppy, that they're strongly supported. And everybody is now coming on board and supporting the thing. We're working as one unified team. Wow. And I'm looking forward to uh, about mid-September when we have our signatures collected for our referendums, walking up to the state capitol, and since it's a family uh, radio, I will not tell you what I will be saying, but let's <laughs> say it'll be very colorful. Yeah, you you kind of call it like you see it, and that's one of the things I, I love about you. Um, so I also want to talk about uh, the Pink Pistols. Now, the Pink Pistols is uh, an LGBT community-based uh, gun rights organization, uh, discussion panels, that sort of thing. But what I I love so much is this is a community 
the LGBT community where so many barriers have been set up against the LGBT community in, I mean, you just name an area over the course of history, you've had barriers set up all over, but yet the pink pistols is open to everyone. You can be a member of the pink pistols and just be anybody, right? Absolutely. We, we, you know, the, the thing that we figure is this when, if people who are outside the, come and hang with us, we get to see each other as humans and we can talk and it's just, it's just a good thing. It and is. we figure to promote our safety, we help other people with their safety. So we have each other's back. I love that. So what's been happening with the Pink Pistols since the Pulse nightclub uh, Orlando shooting in Florida? Oh, God, we have just like grown. I mean, we're uh, we're on overload. Our <laughs> membership shot over up over 400 percent. The gun industry, people have come out just setting aside differences, helping. Yeah, Jenny Simone did an absolute fabulous YouTube uh, video piece. I mean, on the NRA News, it was just like, just she hit it out of the park. Um, and, you know, you know, it's causing a split, you know, in all honesty, in the gay community, because uh, where the human rights campaign and the, the California Equality and these other groups were promoting human rights, i.e., uh, e- equality mar- ma- marriage, now, the progressives inside those groups, uh, the anti-rights folks, uh, they're in a process of doing a mission shift. And now, instead of promoting rights, they want to repress rights. And, you know, I'm saying to them, hello, uh, you know, this political correctness, uh, you know, another group formed of Days Against Guns. So you want to blame Christians, Republicans, and the NRA? Are you absolutely out of your mind? The persons who did that the shooting was a Muslim, he was a Democrat, he was a terrorist, and he would have got, he planned this thing out, he would have got arms just like the terrorists did in Paris. They would have military-grade arms. So uh, we potentially are, uh, fortunately, a lot of people in the LBGT community, as people are becoming more mainstream, they're getting away from this, you know, mindset, stupid. Not everybody who's left of center is totally, you know, their, their heads aren't open. Their brains haven't totally fallen out. So we're hoping that, you know, we could see a shift on their part. But, you know, I'll, I'll give them every opportunity to admit, admit that they made a mistake and we can come together and they can come on the correct side of human rights. Oh, I absolutely love how you phrase that, that, you know, this is a human rights issue. And I, I've been saying forever that if you are a minority of any kind, if you've ever been marginalized, you should be on the front lines fighting for every syllable of every single one of your constitutional rights and definitely including your Second Amendment rights. So I, I, we are definitely uh, thinking alike on that, that issue there for sure. Now, we've got to run pretty quick, but what can anybody do to help with what you are trying to do to, to press against this gun Mageddon? Suppose I'm the person in Kansas and I feel like it's not my fight. What can I do? Oh boy, this is embarrassing, but veto gun Mageddon, just look it up online. We're, the best thing we can actually get is donations. We're running a very lean operation, but the more money we can get, the more printing. We've already done one printing, but we're about to run out of petitions. That's how fast things are going. The other side is pulling illegal stuff, like trying to steal petitions. Uh, and, you know, that's disenfranchising our First Amendment rights. You know, they, they don't, they, you know, they don't want, they're not, they never played fair. Mm-hmm. I mean, 
uh, you know, I, you know, but uh, some financial support will be good. But if you got friends in California, just just post stuff up on the internet. Get yourself going, because it's not. The big thing is this: we're fighting here in California, but we have an election coming up, and the last thing we want to do is see President Hillary Clinton. Okay. The only place I want to see President Clinton, uh, the only place I want to see Hillary is I want to see her get uh, get a new wardrobe in orange. <laughs> so you're one of the, the Hillary for prison T-shirt wearers, I guess, right? Uh, I don't have quite that T-shirt yet, but uh, I'm just looking. You know, I would say, well, it might be a vast right-wing conspiracy, but all the hardest stuff that's coming out on her is from this guy Julian Assange. WikiLeaks. I mean, they're not exactly, you know, I mean, they're dropping out the truth. And it's like every time he drops the things, I just kind of go, what the, you know, F, you know, <laughs> I mean, she's she is. I mean, you know, Donald Trump may be arrogant. He's brash. He's a bully. He might be a bit of a sociopath. But you know what? He's our bully. Mm-hmm. He's, he loves America mm-hmm. and stuff. And I think that the, the Donald would make a I, I can't. I'm not going to endorse the Donald because I, I don't have a position to do that. But, I mean, uh, no way for Hillary. Yeah, he's he's our best hope right now, I, I think, is what it kind of comes down to. But, yeah. hey, we've got to run. But thank you so much for coming on and talking about this. And um, we have a guest page up for you at gunfreedomradio.com. And I have links so people can reach out to you and learn more about how to help the Pink Pistols, how to help what you're doing there against California's Gunmageddon. Okay, well, hey, appreciate uh, you having me on the air. And I hope to give you guys an update when we do that uh, bomb in Sacramento, because we are going to take back the Second Amendment and the rest of the Bill of Rights. Because, you know what, we're all Americans. We're all Americans. Nikki Stollard, thank you so much. Well, stick around, because when we come back, we have Miss Rachel Malone. She is, among other things, one of the co-hosts of the Polite Society podcast. And we're excited to introduce her to all of our listeners. Stick around. Hey, everybody. This is Joey Rocket Shoes Dylan, world champion gunslinger and Hollywood gun coach. In the Westerns, there's always a good guy and a bad guy and sometimes the ugly guy. And I always root for the good guy, which is why I'm here to tell you about the good folks over at azfirearms.com. They are straight shooters and always give you the best deal in town. azfirearms.com is the biggest little gun shop in Arizona and have something for every single gun enthusiast. Long guns, pistols, hunting military, law enforcement, home protection, you name it. And when you've got some guns to sell or trade in and trade up, azfirearms.com are the folks to see. Geez, they bought a cannon once. They are family-owned and operated, friendly staff, courteous, totally reliable. azfirearms.com will give you the best value for your used guns. So stop in, see my friends Dan and Cheryl Todd at azfirearms.com in Old Town Avondale off the I-10 and Dysart Road and tell them Joey Rocket Shoes Dylan sent you. Don Collier here, letting you know that you won't get fool's gold at Potty Gold Auction. They're the genuine article. Potty Gold auctions off guns, coins, jewelry, and antiques of every kind. Stop in and see my friends Dan and Cheryl Todd in Avondale, Arizona for some live auction action. Or check them out on the web at pottygoldestate.com. The Second Amendment Foundation is the organization that protects our right to keep and bear arms. They defend our rights in courts from coast to coast. Now they need our help. 
go to saf.org and join the Second Amendment Foundation today. Dedicated to promoting a better understanding of our constitutional heritage to privately own and possess firearms. Support those who support our Second Amendment rights today. That's saf.org. Welcome back to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, educate, and inform. Sponsored by AZ Firearms, the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. Our theme today is history, hunting, and how we got started, how we got so far off track. And our guest now is Rachel Malone. She's a co-host of the Polite Society podcast. Are you with us, are you with us Rachel? Yes, I am. Good well, welcome, to hear you. Welcome to the show. You know, let's start off by, um, how'd you get into guns? That is a great story. So that started back in 2009. I was trying to statistically prove why it was stupid and dangerous to carry a gun. Oh, and you were one of the antis. I, I, well, sort of. I wasn't against gun ownership. I didn't really have an opinion on that. But when my brother uh, informed me that he was planning to attend a gun carry class and perhaps start carrying a gun, that frightened me just because of what I'd picked up in the media. Um, yeah. My unconscious bias was very much against the idea of carrying a gun. I wasn't morally against self-defense. I thought that was fine. I just, from what I'd heard, I, think I knew in my mind for sure that guns just randomly go off. <laughs> and you can't control that. And why would you want to have that in a holster? And besides, of course, we all know that if you carry a gun and you actually do get in a situation where you might want to use it to defend your life, the bad guy always gets the gun. So, again, why would you want to carry a gun? It's stupid and dangerous. Rachel, I have several guns. I load them. I yell at them. I kick them. I do whatever. They never <laughs> shoot back. Unless I pull the you trigger, know? they don't go off. But uh, That is exactly what I found, too. <laughs> Well, that's awesome. And I love that pathway that, you know, you you came by this so honestly, you know, that you proved it to yourself that uh, it, maybe it isn't stupid to want to carry a gun and maybe it isn't dangerous to want to carry a gun. And, and I applaud that because there's so many people out there that just they think they know what they know and that's exactly where they stay. And that's the end of the story. And you didn't do that. So thank you for doing that. You're welcome. Yeah, I think statistics still mean a great deal to me. And maybe that's a reason I've never really gone back and questioned my motive in using statistics, because I didn't go out looking for the numbers and the facts to try to prove gun rights. I was trying to prove the opposite point, And the statistics I found convinced me that I should start carrying a gun. That's awesome. So now you're part of something called the Texas Firearms Freedom Organization? Yes, that's correct. So that happened. That, again, had to do with my brother. So that was in 2011 when open carry, um, just for license holders, was being considered as a bill in the Texas legislature. I vaguely heard about it. I'd been carrying a gun for a couple years at the time. And I figured, hey, that would be awesome that I can wear whatever tops I want to. You don't have to worry about clothes and concealing. So I'm sure all the gun nut people and all the political people, they're going to go take care of this. Because me, I'm not a gun nut and I hate politics. So that is definitely not my job. So I figured (laughs) everybody would do their job because they always do, right? Mm -hmm. And I was just completely bewildered and confused and shocked and pretty angry when that bill just failed. Um, It didn't even come up for a vote. It got stalled in committee because they didn't want to have to vote on it. And I got all riled up about it. And my brother looked at me and he said, well, why are you complaining? Because you didn't do anything. You don't have a right to complain, mm. which was very wise, I think. 
Um, and so that motivated me. I was still kind of worked up about it. So I said, okay, fine. I will come back next session and I will do everything I can and we will pass open carry. So that was 2013, the next session, because we have them only every couple years in Texas. And I started Texas Firearms Freedom. It was pretty much just me, um, although I was getting the word out to other people. Um, but I was going out to the Capitol testifying, doing everything I could, making phone calls. It got stalled again. I literally did everything humanly possible to make it pass, I promise. It still stalled, but that was almost the best thing, I think, that could have happened for the gun rights movement in Texas. How is that? That is because if that bill had passed that year, I doubt we would have gotten momentum for anything future to happen in Texas. There weren't a lot of people super interested. Um, you know, if it had passed, we would have had licensed open carry. Mm-hmm. That would be for anybody who has a, has a license in Texas. You can carry it without concealing it. And there would have been a handful of us who said, you know, we really want constitutional carry where you can carry without a permit. But that would have been kind of the end of the story. Maybe 20 years from now, there might have been momentum. As it happened, um, I was several other people, including myself, um, published and put out information, including a video of me confronting a a committee chairman, the one who refused to bring it up for a vote to get out of committee. And he's kind of belittled me and made fun of me uh, quoting the Constitution at him and the Texas Constitution. And that that wasn't smart. (laughs) Yeah. You know what? And that's public record. That's on video. So uh, that got out. And there were a lot of people who were starting to think about gun rights. And they said, you know what? We cannot handle that injustice. That's not okay. Uh, that was the very end of the session. They were a little bit too late to get involved and pass at that session, but they were upset enough at the injustice of the system failing, of the bill not even getting up for a vote. That's what started all the open carry walks. That's what started thousands of activists being involved, not just for gun rights, but also for other liberty issues. And so two years later, when open carry came up again, that would be um, 2015 last year, hundreds of people came out. Uh, we had dozens of activists testifying on the bills, and not only were they just testifying, they actually went in before the committee, and the vast majority of them said, you know what, you have licensed open carry up, we're not okay with that, you need to take away the license requirement, we stand up for constitutional carry. Wow. So, you know, the antis are actually helping us out, and they don't even know it, Right. Yeah, and you know what? I think so many people get discouraged when a bill fails, and yeah, that's re- that really sucks. If you work hard in a bill and it doesn't pass, but you can use that to create momentum by exposing the people who made it fail. It's not a fail. You- your work is not a failure, even if you didn't pass the bill. Right. Like no, what do we say? No experience is ever wasted as long as you are learning something from it. And it sounds like you definitely uh, have that in in your makeup. And, you know, when I was listening to you say how you were, you know, trying to prove your brother wrong with something he was doing, he wanted to to get trained with a firearm and carry a firearm. And then it, it convinced you that, oh, well, my side of the argument is falling a little flat. It reminds me of um, C.S. Lewis. Are you familiar with the, the author yeah, C.S. Lewis? Because absolutely. he he was an atheist and he was trying to prove why atheism was the way to go and Christianity was a fairy tale. And he ended up convincing himself that, that Christianity was really uh, well-founded. So you're like the C.S. Lewis of uh, firearms in Texas. Well, thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's again, the truth that sets you free, isn't it? 
Absolutely. So um, you have taken several training courses that I personally am jealous about. Why don't you tell us a little bit about those? (laughs) Yeah. So I have uh, uh, the past, what, since 2009, really 2010, 2011 is when I started training. I trained a lot um, with Battle Road USA, which is a local group that's no longer in place. And uh, with the Appleseed organization, I went through as a participant and then as an instructor and was mentored all the way to a shoot boss. And that was pretty much my, my training um, and instruction as a, you know, as in, in my own learning until the past year or two. So I really upped my game in my training courses. I've attended classes by Masada Yu, the Mag Fording. Uh, I have attended... Todd Hodner's organization, which is Accuracy First, that's based here in Texas. People come from all over the United States, and that's long-range rifle, so shooting rifle out to 1,000 yards and beyond. I've done Kathy Jackson's instructor development course. I've been training some with Carl Wren. In fact, I was at his place this morning. He's just down the road from me. Now you're just uh, showing off. Are... You're just showing <laughs> off. And... <laughs> those are a few, yeah. <laughs> no, that is fantastic. I am so excited for all those opportunities you've had. And, and now you're doing something, uh, a biathlon of some sort? Right. It's called the run and gun. So for me right now, firearms instruction is the challenge that I need in my life. Um, I, I'm the kind of person, I'm fascinated by change, I'm passionate about truth, but I always have to have an impossible goal that I'm going towards, and that's what keeps me motivated, that's what, what gives me the energy to get up in the morning. So that's why I'm attending all these firearms courses right now, is I need that motivation in my life, and why I'm doing the run and gun. So run and gun, imagine going for a walk around the block, except for you're carrying all your gear. You have your rifle, your pistol, uh, 100 rounds for each, you have a bunch of water. Oh, but it's not around the walk around the block. So imagine you're hiking in the most remote place you've ever been and you go off trail and there's this little trail mark. And so you're going up mountains, cliffs, up and down through creeks. And it's, you don't know how many miles it might be, five miles, it might be eight miles. And along the way, you come to various shooting stations where you have to hit targets that could be pistol or rifle. They could be close. They could be out to 500 yards. That's basically what a running gun is. Wow. That sounds like so much fun. I want to do that. Me too. We're going to have to talk (laughs) off air and get that lined up. Well, we have to run, but I'm so excited that you took the time to come on and talk with us today and uh, tell folks real quick how they can find you, not only with the Polite Society, but also with your Texas uh, tactical training. Absolutely. Find me on Facebook, first of all, facebook.com slash rachel.malone.tx. Or if you want to just follow some of my thoughts, um, twitter.com slash whereisbullet. Nice. Uh, third way is go to texasfirearmsfreedom.com. That's texasfirearmsfreedom.com and get on my legislative alert list. That is fantastic. And like all of our guests, you can always go to gunfreedomradio.com, click on the guest tab, and Rachel will have her own guest page on there. You can put a face with a voice and you can click through all the the links that we have there that'll connect you with her and and what she's got going on. So thank you again, Miss Rachel. Mm -hmm, Thank you. All right. Bye. Okay, well, stick around because coming right up, we have the Responsibly Armed Citizen Report and Dan's Tip of the Week. We're going to do that again? Oh, my gosh. I'm going to come over there. Don't make me stop this radio show. (laughs) Stick around. Be a part of the Gold Rush and head on down to see my friends at Pot of Gold Auctions in Avondale, Arizona. Or check out the auction online at potofgoldstate.com. 
These folks auction off guns, coins, jewelry, and antiques of every kind. Everything is going, going, gone. So you best hurry and tell them Don Cogger sent you. And we're back with Cheryl Todd talking about the huge gun buying event at azfirearms.com. Oh, AZ, I get it, as in Arizona. Yes, but... Oh, or AZ, as in everything from A to Z. Well, yes, that too. But what I'm telling everybody about is that azfirearms.com is having a huge gun buying event to buy your old firearms all across Arizona and everything from A to Z. That's great news. See, my grandpa left me an old shotgun and it's just sitting on a closet shelf at home. So I can bring that into azfirearms.com and sell my gun. Absolutely. azfirearms.com buys, sells, trades, and even consigns your old firearms. Any vintage, any style, military, long guns, handguns, hunting, or home protection. Single items or entire collections. We offer the highest value for your used firearms in a safe and friendly environment, staffed by knowledgeable people. azfirearms.com is Knolltown Avondale off I-10 and Dysart Road. Come on down to the huge gun buying event every day through the end of the month at the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. And for all your firearm and ammo needs, visit azfirearms.com. Come listen to the Self-Defense Gun Stories podcast. Hear about armed civilians protecting people they love. Were they lucky or were they prepared? Come listen and learn at selfdefensegunstories.com. Welcome back to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are sponsored by azfirearms.com, the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. And in addition to being the owners of azfirearms.com, Dan and I are also the owners of Pot of Gold Estate Auctions. And we have joined a chamber of commerce that we think is just a, a wonderful group of people out here in the Southwest Valley, just a little west of Phoenix, Arizona. And every year they have a special event. And I want to tell you about it now. It's the 2016 Biz to Biz Expo. And it is this Thursday, August 25th at the luxurious Wigwam Resort in Litchfield Park, Arizona. Meet hundreds of local businesses at West Valley Chamber Alliance's biggest expo of the year. Come out for your chance to win raffle prizes, sample delicious food from local restaurants, and have a whole lot of fun. Admission and parking are free at biz to biz Contact the Southwest Valley Chamber of Commerce at 623-932-2260. biz to biz Thursday, August 25th. Come out and be a part of the excitement. Cheryl, I'm going to interrupt that important uh, important announcement. With another a, I, important announcement. I've got a rant. Oh, rant. see, I keep saying we're not a rant show, and this is three weeks in a row we have a rant. They're making it there's, too easy. There's things to rant about, right? You know, Cheryl and I like to go to movies. We used to go to movies three or four times a week, and we're down to now where we go about once a month. And why is that? Because when the uh, actors and actresses decide that they are going to tell us how we need to live and they do it off of their platforms and it bothers us and I don't go to movies when they have those people in the movies. And well, it's like Ace was saying, vote with your dollars, right? right? Well, so it's like we're, we're boycotting in a way. Now we've got Tom Arnold. Tom Arnold's nephew, it's sad, he was um, having an argument with his girlfriend and he ended up killing himself. And, uh, you know, that is a sad story, but they knew that all the family knew that he had problems. He was discharged from the military, mentally discharged. 
No, not Tom, but the nephew. No, this, the nephew. Yeah. And, and they, they knew that he had five guns on his dresser. Mm. And yeah. so, I, you know, instead of it being his responsibility and the family's responsibility, they want to put it on, let the government decide who can have and who can't have guns. Mm. Mm -hmm. Anyway, a couple of his comments. One of them is the NRA has convinced people that a home with a gun is safer than one without a gun. That is a lie, not even close, and the odds are about eight to one. And so where's the lie? You're, you're saying that every eighth gun out there is going to cause an accident. Well, I don't know that that is even the, the phrase that he makes. No, he is emotional when he's writing this. So we are giving him some, some grace and some space there. But the, the comment that you made during the, the break is well, the one that right. I feel, find is kind of the most egregious. I'm not, I'm not giving him grace because he's trying to control our lives. If, if we, we can give him sympathy and we can, we can be there for him. But well, when he starts who, controlling our life. Okay, but who you don't give grace to is the people that just kind of swallow this down you know wholesale instead of thinking through that he's speaking from emotion it was a terrible time and he's you know so that's but you, I think you that's go ahead part, I think that's part of his platform it gives him a, an opportunity to speak about okay, okay so anyway here's another one Spencer having five loaded guns next to his bed every night is like me Tom Arnold sleeping next to a dresser made out of chocolate cake and Tom if I want to have a dresser with chocolate cake, made out of chocolate cake at my bed, and that's my decision to do, don't you go telling me because you can't have it that no one should have it. Right. And that's the rant I have today. Well, and so that's the problem, okay? So you can't take, it just doesn't work to take a bureaucratic solution or try to find a bureaucratic solution to an intimate and personal issue. So, so Tom has difficulty around food. Right. He has right. food addictions, I guess, is what he's alluding to. You and I, we overeat, but we don't have a food addiction. So we don't need somebody to mandate in our lives. And his nephew, so sadly, could not handle gun ownership uh, or he misused a gun. So that doesn't mean that you and I can't right. be trusted to own guns. And the multitudes of people across this country who do and Every single day, do exactly nothing wrong with those firearms. So, anyway. Right. Well, here's the only thing good out of this is I'm going to ask you, Cheryl, hmm. would you make me a dresser or a nightstand out of <laughs> chocolate cake? Because I would like to have that. Well, Ace just told me his wife is a cake decorator, so we may have to uh, reach <laughs> out to her because, yeah. mm, yummy, late night snack. 30 okay. Inch tall, 36 inch tall nightstand. <laughs> chocolate, German chocolate layer, okay? That's what I like. Okay. I love it. Okay. Moving along to uh, one of the favorite things that we get to do on this show, which is to bring you news stories that you're not going to hear on the CNN and you're not going to hear it on Fox. You're, you, they just don't do these stories where a responsibly armed citizen was the solution to a bad guy with a gun. Fights a never-ending battle for truth, justice, and the American way. Well, Dan... We talk a lot in this segment about danger, right? And in this segment, uh, this particular story, it, it appears that danger is not a dog lover. Danger doesn't love anything besides his own selfishness. And danger sometimes brings along a friend and travels in pairs 
as they did recently when they kicked in the doors and windows, shattering not only glass and not only the silence of the pre-dawn hours, but also the security and safety that a family enjoys in the privacy of their home. And when this family's beloved and protective pet jumped between his family and Danger's knives, Danger used those knives to stab the family's German shepherd and the 16-year-old child in the home and three other family members. And Danger would have kept on stabbing and slashing had it not been for this homeowner who is a responsibly armed citizen and who stopped Danger before any other help could have arrived. A terrifying ordeal overnight for a family in a northwest suburb injured in the middle of the night by men who broke in their home. Thanks for joining us. I'm Lionel Moyes. I'm Erin Kennedy. Four people were hurt. Even the family dog was sent to a vet. CBS 2's Puccinelli is live in Buffalo Grove with how the family is doing this morning. Hi, Mike. Hi, and police just left the area in the last hour or so, but you can see the house is still ringed in tape, but now boards are on the front of the home covering the door and the window that was smashed in. Although police are talking to several persons of interest, so far there have been no arrests in this case. A dog, its front left leg covered in blood, is walked out of a Buffalo Grove home, stabbed, police say, by masked intruders, wielding a large hunting knife. Four people were also cut. Fenders forced entry into the home where an altercation took place, resulting in four occupants being stabbed. It happened at around midnight in this home on St. Mary's Parkway. Police say the intruders broke windows and smashed in the front door before attacking four people between 16 and 47 years of age. But the homeowner fought back. 47-year-old resident retrieved a handgun from inside the home and fired a shot at the offenders. At this point, the offenders then fled the residence. Police say no one was struck by the bullet. Two hours later, Wheeling police responded to a call about a suspicious person at a gas station. One of the suspects that they encountered had blood on his pants and was in possession of a bloody hunting knife. Three persons were then taken into custody. Neighbors were stunned to see the normally quiet street transformed into a bustling crime scene. It's always disturbing and unsettling to, to think that, you know, you're just not safe and you're at your home and you know, it kind of shatters that illusion you have that everything's fine. But police say there's no reason to panic in the village. Our investigators do not believe that this was a random act. We do not yet know the motive of this attack. Now, the homeowner is still being treated in the hospital. He was in serious condition at last check. The other three victims were all treated and released. As for the dog, the condition of that animal is not known at this time. Reporting live in Buffalo Grove, Mike Puccinelli, CBS 2 News. Lionel, Aaron? Okay, Mike. How far would they have gone if the owner didn't have a firearm? That's the lingering question. You know, right? and then the police said there's no need to fear that everything, you know, this is a one-time thing, right? Mm -hmm. Well, there is no need to fear. If you just arm yourself and educate yourself and train yourself, then you also won't have any need to fear, right? I'm not in disagreement with you. Right. So, but you know what time it is right now? Is it time to go already? Not quite. It is time for a dance tip of the week. Okay, some people call me a gunsmith. Mm-hmm. All right. Because you are. And I'm asked several times, and one of the biggest questions that come up to me is, I want to try to service my firearm by myself. 
what's the worst that can happen if I screw up? Mm. And um, the answer is really is as long as you don't force parts by using a hammer or making things go where they don't aren't supposed to go. Most of the time, parts are easily put in. You're going to be okay. Don't use a Dremel and don't okay. use a file. And you should be okay. Work in a well-lighted area and keep track of those small parts. And and to close, you know, when you're going to strip your gun down and clean it, like say you have a, a Glock 42 or whatever, you don't have to take every single part out of the gun. All you need to do is take the barrel out, clean the barrel, take the slide off, and do a few things. And get some of that spray cleaner, spray it, and then lube it. Uh, but you don't need to completely take a gun apart because that's where people come to the most problem when they go way deep mm-hmm. into the gun. There's a lot of things that you never have to take apart. Well, the well-lit room and a clean area are really important because I know that every once in a while, uh, you know, a tiny little itty-bitty spring will just launch itself. Right. Right. And I've, I've, I've had a piece where it's stuck in the ceiling. I've had all kinds of things happen that I'm looking all over the floor for it. And then I look up and there's this, oh, what's that doing oh, up it's there? It's on top of the fan blade. Uh, another really good tip is don't work on more than one gun at a time. Oh, yeah. Completely take it apart, clean it, put it back together. Because a friend of mine that works for us, he goes, um, yeah, I got this extra part. I don't know where it goes. I said, well, it goes to that. Well, I was working on three guns. Oh, not good. So. You know, we had the uh, process of elimin- elimination. But uh, so anyway, that's my tip. Awesome tip. Well, awesome show. And thank you so much to all of our amazing guests. Thank you to our listeners and to our engineer over there who's frantically making the phone calls line up and recalling people when the calls don't want to line up. And it's a big job. We really appreciate it. And until next time, talking to you, you sitting there. Who's saying what? Who, me? Yeah, I'm talking to you. Pray for our nation. Yeah, and you too, Dan. Pray for our nation. Pray for our leaders. All of them? Um, Yeah, all of them. Even the ones you don't like. Especially the ones you don't like. That's a big list. I know. (laughs) That's a lot of praying, right? (laughs) Be good to each other. Have a great week. And God bless. And we leave you with this thought from President Reagan. Our founding fathers here in this country brought about the only true revolution that has ever taken place in man's history. Every other revolution simply exchanged one set of rulers for another set of rulers. But only here did that little band of men so advance beyond their time that the world has never seen their like since evolve the idea that you and I have within ourselves the God-given right and the ability to determine our own destiny. Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free.